Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When Edna O'Brien published The Country Girls in 1960, she was denounced as having wrought a smear on Irish womanhood. The novel was banned in Ireland and burned in her local church. Nearly 60 years on, the book looks like a beacon. It told the truth about girls growing up in Ireland in the 1950s, about their escape from the nuns who take away a daughter's picture of their dead mother, the bullying by older men and the girls' manipulation of those bullies. It looks at the joy of going on the gallivant and it has a unique fusion of lusciousness and sharp sight. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast and today it's our book club and we're discussing Country Girls by Edna O'Brien, which has been chosen, the trilogy of the Country Girls has been chosen as the One City, One Book next year. So we're very much in keeping with what's going on in the ether. So I'm joined for this episode by our regular book club. They are Bernice Harrison of the Irish Times. They are Anne Ingle, who also happens to be my mother and who's also written a book, which we'll be talking about in this episode. So you'll you'll be able to find out all about that. And Neve Towie, who I call our resident country girl, and she doesn't mind me calling her that. But I was very excited to hear what Neve thought because she's reading Country Girls for the very first time. So we had a very good discussion. I hope you enjoy it. And I think it makes us all want to return to Edna O'Brien, who is just an incredible Irish woman who we should celebrate every day of the week. Here it is, The Country Girls. Neve, you're our own resident country girl. I hope you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> That's a compliment. Um, so I was really intrigued uh, about what you would think of it. You'd never read The Country Girls and this was your first time. So tell us what your impression was. Yeah, um, well, I loved it. Um, it's mad that I haven't read it, I suppose. Um, again, like we have copies of it in our house as well. It seems to be in every house. Um it was fascinating. I suppose what struck me, um, well, I suppose if, for anybody who doesn't know what it's about, it's about these, it's about um, Caitlin as she begins, or Kathleen in the at the start of the book. Um, and it's about her childhood in rural Ireland and she has a really tough upbringing. Her father is um, rage and alcoholic at times and at other times completely normal. Um, and she's really attached to her mother and she grows up on a farm and um, we kind of see her progress through life and it moves at quite a fast pace in terms of her life and um, I don't know how much to give away but she has significant losses in her childhood and she ends up living with another family and um, her and her best friend Baba who's like kind of her best friend and her enemy at the same time and her torturer. And and it was doing the frenemy thing before it was cool. Before it was ever cool, yeah. (laughs) And they have this really weird reliant, like relying on each other kind of friendship Um, and they end up going to boarding school together. That doesn't quite work out and then they end up um, in the big smoke like so many of us do from down the country. (laughs) Um, None of that has changed in the 50 years since it was set, so... um, it's it's no copper face jacks though, Eve. No, no coppers. Yeah, but <laughs> the equivalent dance halls and um, so it, I I um, 
I suppose it's not, I couldn't relate to it in a sense that I didn't have the same childhood as she had, wouldn't have had the same poverty that she grew up in. But I've really, it really struck me that this is how my mother and her mother and my aunts grew up. Um, that real claustrophobic, um, um, insular kind of upbringing. And I admit, that's probably not a roar, just strictly rural either. That's how life was in the 50s for Irish women. Um, and... But like what was really special for me was her descriptions of the Irish countryside and like her feeling of being married to that. And I suppose that's something that's never left me or my mother or my aunties or my granny. Um, that feeling of attachment to open spaces and her descriptions of um, the nature she encounters as a child, is uh, they're absolutely beautiful. Um, and that there are these kind of more longer passages at the start of the book where she describes you know, the, the sound of the curlew singing and um, the brambles and the, the the morning dew and all of these really beautiful, really normal, mundane things, but things that are just simply not there when you move away. Um, and suddenly that's kind of taken away from you when you're in Dublin. Um, and she carries that with her all of the time. And um, yeah, I, I love that about the book. And I thought that that's completely timeless and always will be for anybody who leaves the countryside. Um but thankfully, a lot of it is, you know, of its time, um, how she's treated by men throughout the whole book is, you know, really, it's horrific, um, the stuff that she goes through. And it's, but it's horrific because it's so mundane and it's she encounters it every day with everybody. Um, you know, there's, there's scenes like... Um, Oh, what's the one? You know that the two men take them out for dinner. Oh, that's really horrible. horrible. Um, when they come to Dublin, yes, they come to Dublin, and Baba's kind of flouncy and loves going out for rich men, and she duetting for the free dinner and the fancy drink and stuff. Mm. Um, but with mint sauce, yeah, yeah, roast lamb, and um, you know, I thought it was. It's funny how all these things are so exotic to them as well, because they well. Kate especially comes from nothing. Mm. Um, Baba's more. Baba's father is a vet, so um, she's more used to nicer things in life. And like that was, I thought, done very well at the start of the book, where um, you know Kate talked about uh, oh going downstairs and getting a soft boiled egg and the melted butter on the toast, and this was such a luxury to her. And then she goes over to Baba's house and they're snacking on legs of roast chicken, you know, mm. which just seems outrageous because mm. they, like Kate doesn't even have that for dinner. Um, so um, yeah, her, her 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 use of language is really sumptuous, um, really like plump and. Um, and I actually, I listened to this book on Audible instead of reading it, um, for, which is the first time I've ever done that. And it was read by Edna O'Brien herself. Um, and it's actually, go, if you're going to read it again, if you've already read it, try it that way. Um, because her, her, her she, she pronounces the words the way they're supposed to be. I feel like the way they're, that they're meant to be. Um, and it just meant it gave that extra level of magic. If you didn't tell us what happened at the dinner there, but... What do you think about the fact that this book was banned and that this book sort of really caused Edna O'Brien to be like, you know, a dirty word in Ireland for so long and for her to go away? As a young person from the country now reading this book and, and with that information, what did it, what did you, what sense did you make of that? Because I knew that, I knew the context of it when I started reading it and I was going the whole way through thinking, where's the where's sex? The <laughs> um, yeah. I thought this was supposed to be really raunchy and I mean, there's, there's double meaning to a lot of her language. Like I can see maybe, but I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, mm. I, 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 
I mean, especially compared to all of the stuff I've read now growing and growing up, I mean, it, we're surrounded by this kind of stuff. And um, I suppose that in a way was extra shocking, apart from the way she's treated by men in the book, which is, you know, horrible. So many instances of just horrible feelings of being objectified. The fact that the, that the book was um, received so badly... Um, not, well, no, it was a complete success in other ways, but it was censored so heavily in Ireland. Just goes to show. Maybe it was because a woman writer yeah. and was ex- too, and yeah. ex- really exposing this horrible underbelly mm. in Irish life. Mm. And but it's really interesting given the Me Too stuff now, mm. right? If you think about Edna O'Brien writing, listing the litany yeah. of stuff, and you know it was just unheard of, and you just did not do that, Bernice. I mean, so what so, did you make of all well, that side of things going back to it? Well, I hadn't read it. I read it, I remember, when I was a teenager. So it's 30 years since I've read it. And I had forgotten a lot, and not just because of the passage of time. I'd forgotten a lot because some things didn't resonate with me when I read it at the first at the first time round. The things that resonated with me was her when she went to school, the convent. You know, I went to a convent school. I that all that resonated with me. I could see the nun. I could see all the the, the sort of the casual cruelties going on. All that you know how the poor girls were treated differently from the girls who weren't supported. The, you know the class structure that existed in in convent schools. Um, so that sort of thing. And then when they were in Dublin, I because I suppose it's Dublin, I live in Dublin, I could picture where they were, the buses, you know, the streetlights, because she's so taken with that when she moves to Dublin, that Dublin is this busy place, O'Connell Street, you know. So, so that's what struck me at the time. Now reading it, and I suppose having read over the years, over the very recent years, quite a bit of young adult fiction for various reasons, um, and I think, how has this book not been remarketed as young adult mm-hmm. fiction? Because the relationship between Baba, Baba is one of the great monsters in literature. She is a monster. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she is a monster. She's a monster at 14, at 17. She is a monstrous girl. And the way she treats the the, the heroine of the book, Kathleen Koch, Kate, absolutely monstrous the way she talks to her and the way and she feels free to talk to her like that when they're growing up at home because there's such a class distinction between them because Koch is uh, as as Neva said her father is you know this uh, this abusive violent alcoholic um, and they have no money while but her best pal Baba is the, the daughter of the vet which means something in a small town and that's so clearly delineated that this, this, the, 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 the class structure and the power that gives Baba, who is she, the way she speaks to the to her pal. So as as and but yet, but yet, Koch doesn't walk away from that because there's they've got this sort of twisted symbiotic friendship, this teenage girl twisted friendship, that that they both need really very, very much, but really is so unhealthy as you're reading it. You're, you're, you know, you're shouting at the book in the same way as you shouted. That's a theme in young adult fiction. But I didn't expect to find yeah, it so powerfully really articulated. Point. Well, it's funny because book. when we decided we were going to go back to the country mm. girls, then, of course, a few weeks later, there was this announcement that next year, the, the one city, one book that Dublin City Council do this every year is going to be the country girls. Yeah. We were sort of ahead of our time. We were. So we're ahead of the curve. To be, we're bringing it curve. back. And it's, I think it's going to open it up to a whole I hope new it does, but slew of readers. But I only think it will if it's marketed, marketed the, the right, right way. way. Yeah, because, it's funny you say that. Because yeah. really... 
I, I cannot think of an, a 17 or 18 Who's year old girl to to that. who wouldn't yeah. love it. Who but if you had a really cool cover, like the way they did with the bell jar Completely. and they did with other books. Completely. But it's funny you say that because I've been trying to get my daughters to read Ballet Shoes by Noel Streetfield. And the, the um, b- book that I have from, from when I was young is uh, like the, the writing's so small in them because they yeah, used to. That's right. And so she was picking it up and going, so, I'm not reading that because yeah. the books don't look different now. Yes. But in school, they had a version of it that is like bigger type, laid out in a better yeah. way. And she's really into it now. So that's really good point I, I think I to really re-market. think they'll miss a trick if they don't do that but Bernice before I come on to Anne what about the banning and the kind well, of the censorship banning, of it can you, do you put a bit well, more context to that exactly the same I mean I, I sort of felt the same as well as well as Neve. I was sort of what is it banned for? Because I was the thinking, church stuff as it well. It should though. be banned because of how violent he was to her. You know, yeah. the, the father was so mm. violent to her and her mother. They lived in fear and dread. I thought, well, should ban it for that. You know, mm. but I think I think the sex of which there is none. There's sort of this literally it's, none. It's, 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 it's sort of <laughs> has tried <laughs> <laughs> waiting for us. No dirty bits is no, what you're saying. The fact no there was the potential for it. Maybe do it you was know? A bit of touching. But, yeah, you know, I know. And the they fact were that that gets and they bad, were also yeah. very cruel. How they? Well, again, no spoilers. But the the two girls did a particularly outrageous thing at the time to oh, yeah. get out of uh, out of the convent to get expelled from school so I thought maybe her, their total disregard for the church was clear and actually Kate their coach I'd never know which to actually call her because mm-hmm. she's called interchangeably in the book um, she she says she's finished with religion and maybe that was a shock too because she what, remember when she moves to Dublin she says I'm finished with religion because mm-hmm. she she moves she they, stops going to mass stops going yeah. to mass mm-hmm. and explicitly says it I'm mm-hmm. finished with that now mm-hmm. and maybe that was shocking but I think it was sort of this this notion of 17 year old girls having sex now it wasn't the fact that when one of them was 14 you know the neighbour the elderly the, he seemed quite elderly Mr Gentleman mm-hmm. he was you know constantly trying to sort of develop a relationship with her there and she was 14, 14. and so was the one of the other uh, shopkeepers yeah, Jack you know, give us a kiss give, give us a kiss, kiss. Mm. oh yeah, yeah exactly that all that mm. everywhere she went everywhere she went she was mm. preyed on mm. by mm. men and mm. when she was 14 you know so uh, yeah I mean the thing that of course is just so fascinating about this book is that Edinburgh first, first book first novel Age 30, written in three weeks, yeah. virtually despite That's her amazing. husband. I love that. Yeah. You know, who was the writer? You know, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mom, just to put why it was banned, like basically she was washing the nation's dirty laundry in public. Laundry that which has proved so dirty that more than 50 years later, it's still proving in need of a rinse, which yeah. I think is a great way to describe it. But nevertheless, she got the King the Amos Award for that. Mm. book, you know, at the time. I mean, she, she made her, made her really, because it started off her career. And she dedicated the book to her mother, funnily enough, and her mother never read it, mm. you know. And I was listening to an interview with her recently, and she said there were no, there wasn't a library in her village, and there were no books, except one woman had a copy of Rebecca, and she used to hand it out a page at a time. Oh. Unfortunately, mostly they were not consecutive pages, so they were, <laughs> had a bit of handy, but there was, reading wasn't the thing anyway. And here she came with this book, revealing all their secrets, because you know, was it autobiographical? It must have been, a lot of it was. I mean, she went to a convent for four years herself, so she had the experience, like yourself, mm. Bernice, of doing that. But it's hard to imagine there were so many distasteful people in the one place, you know. Um, even the, the the character Martha is Baba's mother, who keeps dressing up and going down to the pub, at, uh, the hotel at night time, you know, to sit on the bar stool crossing her legs. 
you know, this is a strange thing and being nasty to her husband. But all that evolves over the course of the um, of the book. I mean, the women in the book, their roles yes. are so awful. So the only women we meet are... Um, Martha. Martha, who you can see she's just so frustrated. She's yes. the vet's wife. She's glamorous. She loves her glamour. Mm-hmm. She's dressed. She goes down to the hotel to try to sort of be chatted up by commercial salesmen. You know, and the mm-hmm. hotel is even horrible, like the local hotel in the small mm-hmm. village. There's her. There's Kate's mother, who seems just so yes. lovely and trod- downtrodden and beaten down, but lovely. Um, the the landlady in Dublin is a fascinating character. Yeah, She's fascinating. Yeah. And she, I think as well, maybe it was termed sort of seditious really for the reason that that Joanna is this outward looking woman she's she's very tolerant she 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 lets whatever goes she seems happy with mm-hmm. you know so she's this european this dodgy european person yeah. who speaks <laughs> some foreign language every now and again do you know yeah. but and she wasn't censorious and she didn't hooch them out to mass and she didn't do anything like that mm. so maybe that's dangerous another another little thing in the book was the fact that um, there was a, this character called Cynthia in the convent who was a friendly with her and kept putting her arms around her and giving her a kiss every night. So there was that little thing going on, which would have been not acceptable at the time, going to the Catholic Church. There was also at the very start, do you remember, they, they were talking about tickling each other under their knickers mm. when they were little kids. Yes. I mean, that's at the very beginning of the book and that, and I was like, oh, maybe this is where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is why it was banned. Yeah. Um, but as you were saying, Neve, the language is so beautiful, mm. but... I was into the story, and I'm a bit impatient with flowery, as I call it, language. But she, I, I mean, I can't say anything bad about it because it was absolutely one of the cornfield. There's a cornfield paragraph in it, which I suppose is a paragraph. It's like you, I listened to it on the thing, which, you know, it's just amazing. Um, and even when she got to Dublin, I said, well, at least we won't get... Flowery language in flower. Dublin. No, but there was the apricot jam was on the table and the sunlight came Beautiful through the window. And I mean, she's, you I can know. imagine Edna, though, in her, with her little typewriter, yes. three weeks bashing this away and she wants to have beautiful passages in it. Yeah. But the, way, the way she has her character at all times, and, you know, this is a very annoying expression, in touch with her feelings. Mm. She's, she, Kate is a very knowing character. She really does understand herself and know herself from the very beginning, which I, make, I think makes her really appealing. You know, I, I just towards the end and she's, She's out. I, I, I'm again. I'm not going to give too much away. But she says she's she's having a drink with a uh, with a man. Um, I had drunk a lot and I was giddy. But the tiny the tiny remaining sober part of me watched the rest of me yeah. being happy and listened to the happy foolish things that I said. Oh yeah, she's, 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 that's See, the writer that's in her the as writer. well. Though uh, it's Edna O'Brien observing everything, yeah, everything that happens, even while it's mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. and uh, do you know, as a young person reading, it, if it does get that kind of audience, you know, when you're young, when you're a teenager, do you ever stop looking in the mirror? I can remember, even look, I'm 79, I can remember looking in the mirror, do I look like Grace Kelly? Uh, am I imagining? But she's constantly, not constantly, but very often you hear her, she takes off her, all her clothes and she looks at herself in the mirror uh, and she looks at her hair and she talks about her eyes and she's in love with herself in some instances, Amazing, you know, yeah. and that's what we did. I mean, that's what we did. And as the thing was, is, you know what, even that, it's funny, Neve, but that kind of a thing, the idea that you would be worshipping and looking at your body and celebrating yourself would be so yeah. controversial in terms yeah. of what, you know the idea of what women should have been at that that's time in Ireland. That's funny because that's not how I would have grown up. Like <laughs> it was grand <laughs> when I was that age. And that's what's really interesting is for 
say my mother's generation who would have read this or my grandmother and m- me reading it now it's so it's so foreign to me that that kind of um, <laughs> bottling up everything you know so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading here from this really good piece in the New Statesman actually so uh, Edna O'Brien said the book wrote itself and that's why she describes the three weeks um, and he, this is talking about the notorious uh, reception the legendary reception it got in, in Ireland and it says it was banned by the Irish censor for sexually explicit content publicly burned by a local parish priest in search of some post-rosary drama <laughs> and O'Brien herself subjected to a series of anonymous malevolent letters which in turn led to the author being hailed as both a cause celebre and a national pariah and it was basically moral histor- hysteria mm. that greeted it you know mm. all over the clutching of pearls yeah. rosary, rosary beads isn't it um, it's kind of amazing I mean and then it says to her critics in Ireland O'Brien added insult to injury by becoming an international success fated <laughs> wherever she went she was suddenly taking up precious space in the room mm. where only the great men of literature were supposed to dwell and they did not take kindly to her presence there Frank O'Connor and L.P. Hartley particularly embarrassed themselves with dismissive comments about her characters being nymphomaniacs and the author simply displaying a poor taste in men and her husband his resentment of O'Brien's literary achievements later led to divorce with O'Brien receiving sole custody of their two sons so it's it's quite imagine what it did to her in terms of her life But can you imagine now a woman putting out a book and the two of the you know two of the great writers of the moment saying something like it's impossible to imagine yeah, I mean, look at Sally Rooney say now, you know, and Completely. then it, it would be like Tobin kind of came out saying, "Well, <laughs> well, I don't like the fact don't that they're all have sex." Or, yeah, because <laughs> it, it wouldn't it's, happen. It's beyond our yeah. So that is in a short period of time in Ireland. Yeah, so and maybe we should celebrate that. That change. That change I oh, has, definitely. You know, the change has happened to the extent yeah. that that's unimaginable. Mm. My mum Anne Ingle there sitting across from me, and I had this wonderful experience where we went up to Belfast. It was a couple of years ago, and I was interviewing Edna, and I'll never forget yeah. it. And the other thing is, it's one of those things that wasn't recorded, so <gasps> we only have the memories. But it was the most extraordinary thing to sit with that woman for an hour and listen. And literally, it was kind of like I interviewed Cat Moran uh, recently. <laughs> in the National Concert Hall and for a different reason I didn't say very much either but she just spoke I mean she speaks like she writes almost Neve. like you'd like and I can you know what you heard the audible but her voice and the way she describes things and the thoughtfulness and like you say Bernice the connection to everything and the observations I have to say wasn't it wonderful it was wonderful she's just written Country Girl which is her actual autobiography yeah that's right uh, uh, which was very she didn't really talk much about the book but she just talked and that's she's the kind of person you just listen to anything she says I don't know what it is it's the same I I, I listen to it on Audible as well because of my eyes and she she takes you, she transports you into that world. Like I mean, I was in Claire, you know, I was in that comedy, I was everywhere with her voice and the lovely way that she's. I wonder, oh, would amazing, her, isn't it? Yeah. Would we would we have a, had a different reaction to her if she'd stayed living here? Do we have an attitude about people who had moved away? Well, it seems like we did, didn't yeah. we? And it was and it was that idea that she's fecked off. Yes, and, you know, she's the bold girl. Everything. She's she, the bold yeah. girl, and then she's just gone off she living in dirty London. linen on the line. And she had all these amazing people around her house. When she was really funny when I spoke to her in Belgium fast that time like I'd ask her about the likes of what were the, what was the actor that we were talking about mum she oh, was yeah. all these people it was around Elizabeth Taylor Richard Burton time and all those people coming to her house she had kind of a salon on she, the book, yes she, she did really yeah. and she'd ask her though and she wouldn't tell you she'd be like oh, I will not talk about that <laughs> <laughs> dignified you know yeah. um, but Philip Roth the American author thinks she's the greatest thing is a quote mm. from him several places saying oh, what a wonderful writer she is 
Yeah. She is. She's incredible. She's done so much since The Country Girls. That was her first. Mm. But she wasn't a, uh, one book. I mean, I'm dying now to read again The Girl, Girl with the, the Green, green eyes. eyes. Yeah, that's mm. a great book as well. Yes, I'm, I'm dying to. And The Girls with, in, in Their Married Bliss as so well. Was as it, the, it was a trilogy. trilogy. And yes. I think, is it the trilogy that's the, the book for next year? Oh, I it's think, a trilogy. I think it is. I, I think oh, maybe, yes. maybe. So that's a great yeah. idea. Because the, the other ones also, like you say, with the marketing them again, um, would, would be great. So, Neve, would you read the other two now? Like, are you kind yeah. of hooked on Edna O'Brien? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to read the other two. Though I think the first one, oh, well, I don't know, I can't say this before I've read them, but I really especially enjoyed the first one because it was that real break break of innocence and it was... Yeah, I, I started to read the, the second one yesterday then and it just picks up straight away. <laughs> oh, does it? The other one. Yeah, literally, yes, typewriter, finish, exactly. moving on to the <laughs> yeah, next yeah, one. Exactly, so it, it just carries I on. I think you want to read them because the characters are so clearly drawn. Yes, like, yes. you really are very clear on mm. Baba. You're so clear on who she is and you're so clear on Kate. Mm. And in a funny way, I mentioned Sally Rooney, right, mm. but I think that's something that, that is the genius of Sally Rooney too and I know Neve differed on the, the last one. I the new one. Oh, well, it'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, very interesting. It'll be interesting to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, let's go back to that. But I think for me, about Sally Rooney is that same sort of the characters just stay with you. She draws them so so mm. well. So there's a little bit of a follow through, I think, from yeah. from Edna O'Brien to her. But she was just so unique, wasn't mm. she? At the time, at the time, doing that, you know, 1960. I, I, if that's what Ireland was like in 1960, oh my goodness! But when when she has this encounter with Mr. Gentleman, not to to say too much, but she had this incident where she they both undressed, and she saw, I think, probably for the first time. Uh, 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 private parts of a man. A penis. Well, you know, around the women's yeah. part. What time is it? Is it before the watershed? Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, she be the he head club without you going <laughs> on about some. He's given her this orchid, which was a lovely dark purple and a pale pink, and she looked at the orchid as he sat there naked, <laughs> and it was the colour of the pink of my orchid. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was wonderful. You see, that alone would get it burned. In I it. mean, it was yeah, just man. wonderful. Like, you know, I, that was humorous. I I mean, I laughed at that because there is humour in it. Although it's, I know, wonder, was Edna laughing though when she wrote that? I'm sure she was. Like, a I just, lovely description. Well, if you heard her saying it when she actually said it on the Audible, you know, you, you, it was. It was laughable. But yeah. <laughs> Pale pink. Yeah, yeah. But she I called mean, it his orchid. <laughs> I had to go Google and what shape is an orchid? Is that accurate? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. That's only at the same terrible thought. Oh no, Bernice, stop thinking about mushrooms. So we're giving the, uh, thank goodness, the country girls, obviously a massive thumbs up up all around. I just really, really hope younger women read it. Mm. I really do. Uh, And I, I, I think you couldn't fail to love it, actually, and be fascinated by it. Um, I hope so. And it, it is slightly longer than I remembered. Okay, that's interesting because yeah, it that's seems... it's one of these small type books. I have All this right, an old thank copy. God I didn't get the whole. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's still with us, which is the amazing thing as mm. well. She's with us, and, and she's still she, writing. And you know, when she was at sixty, she, in this interview I listened to yesterday, she was sixty and she was abroad somewhere in a hotel, and she's a very beautiful woman, and and mm. she she came to the point of saying, "I've I've lost my looks. I'm not going to get another man to love me now." And she was thinking of, of doing away with herself because she thought life was over. That's a terrible thing. And suddenly a note came from her son, Sasha, saying, Polly White's going to meet you tomorrow for lunch. And she said it was like a, a lightning bolt that she people do want me. I'm still a person. And she carried on. So thank God she yeah. did because she now is she's just an elegant lady of letters yeah. and, and someone nice. we should be very proud of um, to have as an Irish woman. 
Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And I'm so glad, Neve, that you just loved it so much oh, as well. I loved and it, yeah. Her characters are so well-rounded as well. Apart from all the social context and everything, I mean, the fact that she wrote that in three weeks and was able to... <laughs> you sick, though, yeah. wouldn't it? No, it would. It's very annoying. <laughs> well, speaking of writing, because, you know, my mum has written a book and I must, feeling with the book club, we must give a bit of a shout-out to... Oh, thank tell you, Tell us Roshi. about... You've ghost-written Rosemary Smith's autobiography. Well, I have indeed. Well, I've written her story, her life story. Mm. And um, it was a very interesting experience, especially as I had no knowledge of cars or motor <laughs> so rallies. explain that Rosemary Smith was a woman who was a Formula One racing driver, which was uh, unbelievable. She, well, she did that uh, later years, yeah. yeah. But she has had a wonderful career. Many people will remember her, but I know nothing about cars. I didn't. I know a lot more now. Uh, but she had a very bad memory, so it meant I had to do a lot of <laughs> research. And um, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. And it was so funny that t- these two old I don't know we met every week in the RAC restaurant and Which I'm sure the Automobile Club or something yeah the Royal Irish Automobile Club and I'm sure that people in there must have said what are those two old women doing over there <laughs> yeah, little did they know little did they know <laughs> And, and, and there'll be a few people picking that book up going, oh, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, Rosemary Smith, like she competed on the international stage. Exactly. She was a, she was a racing driver, mm-hmm. for flip's sake, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. racing driver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everything has to be seen through a gendered no. filter. But, but it does on the women's podcast. I, so carry on. <laughs> I have to say, if there had been a man who achieved such oh, tremendous that's so true. success I of that. in this sort of obscure yes. but very sexy kind of glamorous, glamorous, yeah. but, but it just goes. I to think show. we'd know because I, at home I did say to my kids, so "Oh, it's about Rosemary Smith." No, 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 nobody, nobody, knows. nobody knows. But you would know if it had been a man. You would just I know really because there would feel, probably be a statue of somewhere. Well, really Paddy Hopkirk, would. you know, is is well very well known. He would have been in the same. Time mm. is her. Well, I've never heard of Patty Hopkirk, so that's. Mm. Oh, there you go. You don't know anything about. I just don't know anything Blown out of the water. <laughs> but, but you see, the good, okay. the good thing is that's a very good point. But is but of late, as the years have gone by, she has become more recognised now. Mm. She's always looked, and they gave a civic reception for her recently there okay, cool. in the Mansion House, and uh, you know made a fuss of her because they now realise. What age is she know, now? She's eighty-one now. Oh. Yeah. Was she, she on the Tommy Tiernan show recently? Yeah, she was. She was on. Tommy I think Tiernan. I was at the live recordings. Oh, I didn't know you? who she was either, but I heard. Yeah, her Tommy story didn't know there. who she was either. Did he not? <laughs> did he eventually? How long well, yeah, well, did he, he come? I think he realised when she started to. Yeah, talk they, about they, torque. they flashed. They flashed <laughs> up um, pictures of her doing the Formula One yeah. race. Oh yeah, he really but liked he, her. Apart from the fact that she's a wonderful driver, she was a model yeah. and uh, dress designer, and she arrived every week and. She'd look me up and down, you know, and I'd have the runners and I should have made a bit more of a never. And she'd come in, you know, all the jazz and the makeup perk and the hair and, and the everything. Nails. Yeah. And the nails, of course, which are all her own. Believe it or not, they're all her own and she does them all herself. And, I, I you know, it was chalk and cheese. You know, it was really. Well, it worked. And now there's but a it worked. Book. The relationship so what's the worked. the name of the book? Driven. She Isn't drove me mad, title? but it's driven. driven. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she is driven. She's a driven a woman she couldn't have got where she is she couldn't have done all those things she did without being driven Mm. and she was single-minded and she went out to beat the boys that would be one of her mantras she would say she went out to beat the boys well, uh, another well, icon. Very much for a... You're very welcome. Pl- you. all, available in all good bookshops from next week. <laughs> for this week, actually. Fourth of, um, yeah. Fourth of October. Fourth of October. Well, another icon, uh, Rosemary Smith, icon Edna O'Brien, who's still with us, who I think you're right, we should totally celebrate. The Country Girls was a phenomenon. And it was done so quickly with such 
Oh, elegance. The writing is astonishing. And um, I'm really glad that we were ahead of the posse. We've come back to this book. <laughs> and I think when the others come out, I think we come, we'll come back to it next year when, yeah. when it's out as one city, one book. We'll talk about the other two books in the trilogy too. Great, yes. And maybe look a bit more at Edna O'Brien generally because she just has an extraordinary output. I mean, <gasps> yeah. that book, Into the Forest, again. I mean, and she's at the height of her powers. Like, she didn't diminish. Mm. She just got better and better and... Yeah, her curiosity for the world and for life is, is the other thing I'd, I'd think about. Anyway, I've loved our discussion and thank you very much for coming in. So I'm not sure what our next book, but we decide somebody has to choose it. So I chose... Anyone, you chose Country, Country Girls. Girls. Okay. Um, Neve, do you want to choose the next book? Well, seeing as I've just bought it, what about Normal People? I think we and should everyone's do everyone's talking it. about it. Yes, yeah. Normal People was long listed for the Booker Prize. It's mm-hmm. by Sally Rooney. Um, it follows her conversations with friends, which is highly acclaimed, which we, we did discuss here as well. And yeah, I'd be really interested to hear. Now, I've read it. I'm gonna, I might yeah, go, have a go at it again. Um, and we will have an interesting discussion about it. Uh, she didn't get shortlisted, which was surprising, but we should put a shout out on the book club for Anna Burns. Yes, who, I was who to, did get shortlisted. I was for the going book to say Prize. Milkman. I've just downloaded that onto well, all Why don't we do Milkman after that? Okay. Thanks very much to our book club. So if you want to be involved in the next one, we'll make sure you go out and get Normal People by Sally Rooney, and we'll be discussing that the next time we all meet together. I really enjoyed that discussion about the country girls, and it makes me want to go back to the other ones too. Remember, you can find this podcast wherever you download any of your podcasts. And if you want to give us a bit of praise, we'd love you to go to iTunes, give us a review. And failing that, just tell all your friends about the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.